Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Power Up and Game. I'm your host, Michael, and joining me, as always, is my main man, Taylor. Taylor, how you doing, buddy? Man, I am doing pretty good. It's getting to the holiday season. I'm pretty excited. This is also when the Game Awards nominees come out. We're not going to talk about that today. We're going to be talking about that, like, the week before the Game Awards. But, man, interesting. That's all I'll say. There's some yeah. snubs in there, and there's some things that I'm like, oof, <laughs> that's tough competition. Yeah. Remember Atomic Heart, everybody? Man, oh, we'll man. talk about that. Man, I actually had to look up when that game came out. Because <laughs> I was like, man, that game came and went. What a time. Oh, man. Yes, but we will talk about that in a future episode. But for now, here's what's on our docket for today. With Rockstar officially revealing that the first trailer for GTA 6 is coming in December, we're going to have some fun and talk about what we would like to see, not just in the trailer, but also in the game. We'll talk about the latest gameplay and story footage for Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. And in our main topic, we're talking some Modern Warfare 3 and the Call of Duty franchise as a whole. So with that out of the way, Taylor, how about you go ahead and take it away? Don't mind if I do, Michael. And real quick, we do want to say that you can find sources for all the topics we're going over today down in the description of this episode. We do that to give out proper credit, and if anyone wants to read further about the topics we cover. Also, it's important to note that you should always take rumors or reports we cover with a grain of salt until they are officially confirmed or denied. Of course, some reports and rumors will be more reliable but nothing is 100% in the gaming industry until it is properly announced, and sometimes, even then, it might get canned in the future. With that disclaimer out of the way, here is our main topic of the week. So, if you are listening to a podcast like ours, you probably know about some of the issues, or maybe all the issues people are having with the latest installment of the COD franchise, Modern Warfare 3. To make a long story short, people are frustrated with the game's campaign, the length of the campaign, multiplayer map spawns, quicker gameplay, the DMZ-esque zombies mode, and more, including the $70 price point for what is a, what a lot of people would consider to be premium DLC rather than a full-fledged release. So today we're going to be taking a trip down memory lane and go through Call of Duty's past, the present, and what we think the future will hold for the franchise. I'll also stop my dumb ramblings at various points for Michael and me to get into discussions about whatever it is that I just went over. Anyway, here we go. Prior to Modern Warfare 2019, the Call of Duty franchise was in a bit of a funk. The franchise had gone into a more futuristic direction, which led to diminishing interest from fans. And the one time they attempted to bring back the Boots on the Ground experience, Call of Duty World War II, it was seen as a... generally seen as a meh game filled with microtransactions, so not the greatest recipe for success. Black Ops 4 appeared to be the final straw, though. This game was clearly meant to be more of a live service compared to past titles, and although it took some genuinely interesting risks, from multiplayer to blackout to its zombies, 
It just couldn't get the franchise out of the hole it had dug for itself. Michael, let's talk about the past real quick. What are your thoughts about this era of Call of Duty? The, I want to say, what would you say, Ghosts to Black Ops 4? Or would you say Advanced Warfare to Black Ops 4? Yeah, that's actually kind of hard to say. Uh, honestly, for me personally, everything went downhill kind of like after Modern Warfare 2, the original Modern Warfare 2, the first one. Modern Warfare 3, the, the first one was okay, but it definitely failed to have like that hype factor and that feel-good gameplay moment that Modern Warfare 1 and Modern Warfare 2 had. And after that, I mean, yeah, there was like Advanced Warfare, Infinite Warfare. Black Ops 2 was pretty well-received, I'd say. That's why I was going yeah, from no, yeah. Ghost onwards, maybe. But some people, Ghost I think onwards, Ghost yeah. has like this cult following that I don't know <laughs> that Advanced Warfare has. You know <laughs> what I mean? So I feel like it's yeah. safer to say Advanced Warfare through to Black Ops 4 is when the franchise really got into this era of why are we like why are we here? What happened to this franchise? Yeah, I, you know what? I know I, I will take you with that. Uh, I do think it happened like around Advanced Warfare when they started doing futuristic stuff and they started having like, oh, we have robots and 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 uh, exoskeletons and all this. It's like, okay, now like this is no longer Call of Duty. Like, yeah, we used to like joke about like Call of Duty in space, but then when it actually happens, you're like, that's not as cool as I thought it would be. Yeah, and that's not to say that those games didn't have good things in it. You and I have talked about Infinite Warfare's, or I think I said Infinite Warfare, Infinite Warfare's campaign, and how yeah. it's actually very good. I would argue it's one of the best, if not the best, in the franchise. Like it's that damn good. Yeah, because they because when it came to the writing, they actually tried. They're like, okay, well, we're in space now. We're like, we're free from all of that political stuff. Like, we can just have fun with it, be a little more sci-fi, have robots, uh, new gameplay mechanics. We can do all kinds of stuff. And when it came to the writing, they tried to make it like their own thing. But all in all, they just, for some reason, some of it didn't work. And I even tweeted about it. And I think one of the writers uh from uh advanced warfare uh retweeted or said something about it advanced like, warfare hey, I, infinite warfare uh, yeah uh, infinite or advanced i forget which one In infinite warfare was the one everybody hated with uh john snow but yeah. the campaign was the one that i just said like it was genuinely amazing it was it was, it was actually pretty decent yeah, yeah. i tweeted about it, I was like yeah i finished the campaign and it's surprisingly good like the writing team tried and when the writer's like, thank you, it's like, please, <laughs> See, that, <laughs> thank you for at least noticing. That's what I'm talking about. Like, I think you can go through some of the games, like Infinite Warfare, its multiplayer was a dud, but its campaign was yeah. really good. And its zombies, while was, it wasn't perfect, but they did try with the zombies to be its own thing. And I think people respect that. Black Ops 3, I think people, it's one of those cult following kind of games, like it got better. Like some people, it, you either really love the campaign of Black Ops Three or you hated it. It feels like there is no in between there. And mm -hmm. I would argue that Black Ops Three is probably the golden era of zombies, the best experience there. So you have that going for it. Then Advanced Warfare, people did kind of enjoy the campaign. There were some things in it that people liked. There's some things to pick and choose from these games. Yeah. So it wasn't all like horribly bad. 
But I think the main consensus from the past CODs is that it just felt lacking. You know? You just didn't have that, oh man, I have to get this game feeling that you felt yeah. with Modern Warfare 2, the OG, or even Black Ops 2, I would say. Yeah, because I know Black Ops had their, like, the, the way that Modern Warfare had the followings, it, it, it's it's like the Treyarch followers. You yeah. Know? I'm, I'm one of those people, like, I'm, I'm one of those guys, like, if I see Treyarch on there, I have good hope, like, okay, they're going to make a good Call of Duty. And for a lot of people, uh, when it's Sledgehammer who did Modern Warfare, I believe they even did the original Modern Warfare 3, which is kind of lackluster. When they're on the game, I'm just like, uh, yeah, don't know if I care about this one. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, that yeah, they had their own little following. Um, so, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's one of those strange things where if you like the studios, you're going to give them a chance. Uh, but if it's not, then you're, you're not going to care. Uh, man, who, who, who did Black Ops? The original? No, no Treyarch. Treyarch, Treyarch, yeah, Treyarch. Treyarch did the uh, the black one. Okay, yeah. Uh, Sledgehammer. I think they're the ones who tried to do uh, Advanced Warfare and World War Two. Okay, they did World War Two. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so like those kind of things. You just like Sledgehammer at first tried to keep it old school Call of Duty, but like okay, we're going. I know everybody's getting kind of tired of the modern warfare stuff, so we're gonna go back to our roots and we're gonna go to the World War. It's like oh, that's kind of cool, but then you see it, you're like kind of remember now why i got sick of the world war stuff yeah so for sledgehammer they're just they're, they're always stuck in a rock and a hard place yeah sledgehammer i think when i was talking about it it just seems lacking and this isn't to talk about the talent at sledgehammer it's just that they're games when it's a sledgehammer yeah. game attached like when it's they're attached to call of duty i go it's gonna just have something missing about it i, I don't know what it is <laughs> there's just gonna be something that just doesn't feel like it's fully a part of this franchise. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's because when you think of Call of Duty, you do think of Infinity Ward, which is and that's my team. Like the, yeah. yeah, and Treyarch. You're either you're either with uh uh Infinity Ward and the Modern Warfare stuff, or you're with Treyarch and the Black Ops stuff. Like those are the two things that people will tell you like, oh that's Call of Duty. And they built up that reputation to being yep. the main two players. And so when this third developer comes in, I feel like that third developer, just the underdogs story. It's like, okay, you got to do so much to live up to it. Cause like you just said, you've talked about in the podcast plenty of times, like while you respect the blackouts franchise and Treyarch, you fall under, you enjoy the infinity ward call of duties yeah. a lot more. It's just your style. Yeah. And I'm actually the opposite. I enjoy Treyarch style a lot more. And that's the thing, right? It's like once you have those two established brands and then this third one comes in and I I feel like you're just working from behind unless you can really create something spectacular. And Sledgehammer just hasn't done that to this. And we're about to get into Modern Warfare 3, which is a Sledgehammer game. But (laughs) my last question to you before we move on, what do you think was this era of Call of Duty's biggest problem? And do you think we were in need for the major overhaul that we would get with 2019's Call of Duty? Uh, I think the major issue with Call of Duty this generation is their big move to games as a service type of deal. Um, because now, because yeah, we already made fun of Call of Duty being like the Madden of first person shooters. Like you're going to get one every year. 
Uh, but the big difference is that, like, like you and I said, you have those two studios that you like that has a different feel, that have their own feel for it. And then you have uh, <laughs> Sledgehammer. Uh, but we've gotten to the point to where now Activision is smushing them all together. Well, I'm saying more is last generation. What we were just talking about. Oh, oh for but the last you, generation. Yeah, but I think you're on the right track, though, because not to like steal your thunder and answer your own question, but I think that's oh, where no, Call ahead. of Duty started to get into some live service elements and the microtransactions. So that's why I wanted to let you go. I wanted to see where you're going with it. But, uh, yeah, I'm mainly oh, yeah. talking about what we've been talking about this whole time, which is the advanced warfare through uh, Black Ops 4. Yeah, it's the feel, like you said earlier, there's something about it that just feels off mm-hmm. and we just can't put our fingers on it. And and I think that's the biggest problem with Call of Duty, uh, especially from like the last generation. They had like kind of their own identity and now it all feels the same. And it's just so weird to say. Yeah, let's go ahead and get into it because <laughs> I, I actually I really agree with you. I want to get into it, but. I have a little bit of rambling to do here. So, <laughs> in walks Modern Warfare 2019, right? This game changed the direction of this franchise. It rebooted the Modern Warfare story with a focus on grounded characters and a gritty narrative. Its multiplayer slowed things down compared to its futuristic jetpack-wielding counterparts, giving the gameplay loop a more tactical feel. In 2020, we got Warzone, Call of Duty's next attempt at the Battle Royale. And this is where everything really changed for the franchise, in my opinion, for better or worse. Talking about the better things, Warzone brought a truly casual experience to players. You drop in, you loot, you try to be the last team standing. It was not a novel concept by this time. But I think Warzone brought that Call of Duty gameplay seamlessly into a Battle Royale setting. And regardless if you loved it, hated it, felt indifferent, or whatever... I think you do gotta admit that Warzone became an instant success. And I would say that about Modern Warfare 2019 as well. As for the bad stuff, the game can, this is exactly what Michael was starting to get into. The game continued to implement more purchasable bundles that included cosmetic items, more crossovers from established IPs that have no affiliation with Call of Duty. It's just, it felt like a lot of what I think Michael was getting to, which is it started to all blend together and none of these games started to have identity. So here's my next batch of questions for you, man. How did you feel about Modern Warfare 2019 and what were your initial thoughts on Warzone? Let, let's refrain from like what's the problem with Call of Duty today for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Let's just talk about initially there. That, with that shot in the arm that I think a lot of people thought Call of Duty needed. Uh, with me, for me, it, uh, with Modern Warfare 2019, was it reminded me the first time we saw Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. It was such a huge change from what we were getting used to with Call of Duty. Uh, they were showing off that brand new engine, the brand new look, uh, a bigger focus on the story, uh, more rounded characters. I know that's what they say in a Call of Duty game, but that's what we liked about Modern Warfare uh, 1, 2, and 3. Like There's a set, a bunch of characters that you actually got to follow through uh, their missions. Um, and with that, the multiplayer actually felt fresh. They redid the sound designs and the way the guns felt. It felt like a brand new Call of Duty. It didn't feel like annual Call of Duty. It felt like, okay, we've learned from the past. We got a brand new engine. We can finally show off what it can do. And with Warzone, it was, hey, we're going to bring Call of Duty and a bit of an open world. We're going to go to, we're going to do Battle Royale, 
the Call of Duty way. You like the way Call of Duty feels, you like the gunplay. Now we're going to do it in a big open world, a uh, big map, and with all the guns within, within the game scattered around so you can actually have that sense of freedom. It's PUBG for people who want better movement. It's PUBG for people who like Call of Duty. And so it came to a point where you were like, this feels like a brand new Call of Duty. This feels like a new chapter of Call of Duty. It's like when Modern Warfare came out the first time around. It feels like an advance in the franchise. It felt like reinventing the wheel for the franchise. And I think for me personally, that's why I enjoyed 2019's uh, Modern Warfare so much. Because it did remind me uh, that first time we all saw Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. And it felt vastly different from the others. Yeah, I completely agree. It's like I was saying earlier. I feel like that game and subsequently Warzone was the shot in the arm that the franchise really needed. And this isn't, again, like I was saying earlier, I don't think it's to say all the previous Call of Duties were complete trash. I think a lot of them had certain elements to it that were genuinely pretty good. I I think I'll say this later, but Black Ops 4, while I I don't really care for Black Ops 4, I don't think it was that great, the one thing I will give them, the developers, is they genuinely tried to take some risks with multiplayer and with zombies especially. So I don't think that panned out, but I appreciate they took risks, especially when you look at what the Call of Duty franchise is perceived as a lot, which is like what you said. Madden, but the FPS genre, right? Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of these games, while they had some good elements, Modern Warfare 2019, it really just felt like, oh no, this actually, this looks different. It plays different. All right, like you said too, it gives you that feeling of when you were playing Call of Duty 4 in a way. Where it, okay, we're resetting the board. What are they going to do with this story? What is the multiplayer going to be like? And while I don't think Modern Warfare 2019 is a perfect game either, it really did succeed in giving a tone to a game, right? It's what you were talking about earlier about Treyarch and Infinity War. Their games had this distinct feeling. And somewhere along the lines, Call of Duty started to lose that feeling with each passing game. And Sledgehammer got in the mix, sadly, and it just muddled the waters more. So I think that's one of the main things is it just gave Call of Duty that tone where it's okay, I know what this franchise is. Let's see Treyarch do the same thing. And speaking of Treyarch, in the years since we would get Black Ops Cold War from Treyarch, Vanguard from Sledgehammer, and Modern Warfare 2 from Infinity War. Infinity Ward. Black Ops Cold War was generally a success, and Vanguard, well, less we say about Vanguard, the better, I think. As for Modern Warfare 2, I think we could look at a lot of the criticism about Modern Warfare 3 now and take a look at Modern Warfare 2 as the start of all of this. I don't think it was a horrible game per se, and although I personally didn't like Modern Warfare 2022 all that much, I'd argue it still is a quote-unquote good game. But here's where I think a lot of the criticism we've been seeing started. A lot of the focus is now on Warzone over the actual $70 game. The rebooted narrative is losing its footing. Warzone 2.0 is just not hitting the same way that the first one did. A lack of real innovation. 
again say what you want, but Black Ops Four at least tried to do something different for the franchise. Modern Warfare twenty Modern Warfare two twenty twenty two doesn't really have that at all. Uh, so this is probably my most loaded question to you yet, Michael. But this is kind of why I wanted to prelude a lot of stuff with like talking about the past and our thoughts on it. That way we have context in this conversation. Why do you think people are losing interest in this franchise with everything going on with Modern Warfare 3? And I do fully understand, people, that Call of Duty makes what I would classify as a shit ton of money. So, (laughs) I'm just talking in terms of general interest. You guys know what I mean, hopefully. It's still going to be a success, most likely. Even though Modern Warfare 3 in the UK, I don't think it's selling all too well. But it'll probably still sell a bunch of copies. So, franchise it's not like the franchise is going down the toilet in terms of sales. But I'm just saying in terms of general interest. But back to my question. Why do you think people are losing interest in this franchise? Well, two things. One, um, that move to a games as a service, that live service nonsense that they're doing while also trying to do uh, an annual full price game gaming experience uh, is becoming too much in this day and age. Because like you mentioned earlier, you know, you got the regular Call of Duties and now they're mixing, they're mixing them in with Warzone. Uh, we talked about it before, how the story for Modern Warfare 3 doesn't exactly take place exact, uh, approximately after Modern Warfare 2, but after a couple of seasons in Warzone for some reason. So the story's getting all muddled and mixed up with that. Uh, so they're trying to do way too much. And then, of course, uh, you know, you have Activision confusing everybody with Call of Duty HQ and putting all the Call of Duties in one place. So if you buy one Call of Duty, you can see all the Call of Duties. And it's getting so strange. It's like, well, I just want to play Warzone or I just want to play multiplayer. Uh, and for the second part, uh, this genre of games as a service is getting overcrowded pretty fast. Because at first it was just the indie games and the and the early access kind of games. But now that AAA studios are doing it, Hey, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> it's suicide yeah, yeah, we, yeah, 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 we're actually going to get into that too. Uh, there are way too many games asking for players to stay within the games for longer. Uh, there are too many games now, especially AAA games. Everybody's trying to do that games as a service. Uh, so now you're burning out people like you and me who would play the multiplayer. They're burning us out faster and just keeping the people who are just grinding the challenges or buying stuff from the shop. Uh, it's no longer about having good gameplay, having good maps and having fun. Now it's just, hey, grind away at this. And, you know, the whole uh, unlocking uh, attachment for your weapons got super confusing. So I think it's just everybody's getting burned out with the way that they're changing everything to make you stay in the game longer rather than just having fun with it. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think it's a it's a case of the franchise having newfound success and then milking it to like, Oh man, this really works. So let's just keep leaning into it. And you look at like Warzone, huge success out of the block and they just keep going at it. They keep going at it. You look at a game like Fortnite, right? Say what you want about Fortnite. I, I understand, but Fortnite has continued to be successful for what? Five years now. Yeah, something close to that, yeah. Five plus years now, pretty much. 
and everybody, oh no, it's just, it'll fizzle out eventually. They have found a way to remain relevant in the live service genre. And I, I actually do commend them for that. It's a free-to-play game. They do a lot of events and a lot of stuff to keep themselves relevant. And Call of Duty, strangely enough, it's the name that I think keeps it relevant at this point. Because you look at the events, like there's some events that they've done that have been pretty cool. The King Kong versus Godzilla one. But then there's some mm-hmm. ones that they do and it's just like, man, that's that's a waste. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. it didn't really feel like there was a whole lot in there for players. So I think it's a little bit of the franchise's name keeping it afloat instead of like actually cool events and stuff put into the game. And then it's exactly yeah. what you said, right? It's that focus on, well, <laughs> hey, everybody plays Warzone, so we're going to put our Warzone stuff in the campaign. And that was a miss, I think, to me. And the oh, campaign's length, and there's a lot of stuff reported about how long the developers had to work on the game. Not going to fully get into that, but the campaign's length is not great. It, there's some missions in there that's just DMZ but without the PvP aspect. <laughs> yeah. The campaign itself, honestly, doesn't really make a whole lot of sense from a narrative perspective. And I feel like it kind of undoes what everybody loved about the first game and kind of liked about the second game, right? And it's multiplayer, bringing back all the classic maps. That's what you and I were talking about when we were like gloating about, or I won't say gloating, but we were pretty optimistic about what Modern Warfare 3 could be, right? This anniversary celebration of what Call of Duty was back in the day. And instead, it really just feels like it's a hollow celebration in name only because you brought the maps back. Yeah. So that's something to me is it doesn't feel like it's a game meant for fun anymore. It feels like a game franchise meant for exactly what you're saying. Keep people playing. Keep people on the platform as long as humanly possible. And then we'll break them down so they buy more stuff. Yeah, I think that's exactly what they're doing. And, you know, with with everything moving to games as a service, uh, which you and I will get into right after this, uh, I think it's just going to get worse for more of us. Um, who knows what's going to happen with Battlefield? That goes into my next question. I just wanted to go ahead and ask it because it felt like you're going natural here. Where do you think the franchise is going next? Yeah, I think it's going to uh, be more of a game as a service than it is now. They tested the waters. Uh, this year was supposed to be the skip, but we're not going to get into all of that. Um, and I think that's what they're going to do with the franchise going forward. That whole move it forward uh pr deal that they were talking about a couple weeks ago i was like oh yes our first true sequel we're pushing it forward everything that you get from the last game going to the next game it's because they know they can get people with the microtransactions and they can keep pushing the season pass i think with call of duty now the uh single player stuff i think they're going to do what they kind of do with overwatch and kind of like have it as a separate bundle that goes with the multiplayer rather than the multiplayer coming with the single player. Yeah. Do you think Call of Duty's issues are just with the franchise? And this kind of goes into what we're going to be talking about later with Suicide Squad, so I wanted to ask it. Or do you think this is an 
issue industry-wide? Oh, this is definitely industry-wide. You got more and more CEOs talking about games of service. Uh, even Sony, who makes some of the best single-player campaigns, story-driven, character-driven stories out there, even they're like, yeah, we want more games as a service. Hell, we just bought Bungie simply so they can make a game as a service uh, game for us. I mean, sure, they kind of like pushed, uh, well, some of their uh, employees pushed back against it. And now they're like, okay, we're not going to do as many, but we're still going to do them. But yeah, that's going to be, unfortunately, the next step for this industry. More games as a service, uh, more microtransactions. But for this franchise, I think they will move that way because Activision honestly is in a good place. They have the franchise to push that and to test those waters. Yeah, and I've talked about it in the past. I play Xbox. You can call me an Xbox fanboy if you want. I enjoy <laughs> the Xbox brand, but I will not sit here and say everything they do is good. And I will say, if you think Xbox is going to make the Activision monetary stuff better, I disagree with you. I just do. I feel Xbox is going to, I don't want to say lean into it, but I'm pretty sure they're just going to be like, no, y'all do your thing. Do what you're doing. Keep doing it. You're making money. So I don't think Xbox is going to put a halt to the microtransactions in the game. Uh, oh, no, absolutely not. Yeah, especially with what happened with Halo Infinite. Yeah, this is probably what they yeah. wanted from Halo Infinite. So I, I doubt that's going yeah. to change with Xbox in charge. Uh, but I also agree with you, by the way. I think it's an issue industry-wide, and it's where it's more complicated. With, like, how do you refresh the franchise again? Because it feels like it's got to be a thing where, you know, people stop buying the live service games that are clearly not meant for live service, but you tacked it on just to squeeze money from players. Yeah. And it's got to, like, games like Baldur's Gate, Spider-Man 2, single-player titles or multiplayer titles that are just multiplayer, those start to have more success. Because the thing is, these companies, they're not going to just, oh yeah, there's some backlash here and there. It'll go away. Just the way that it works these days with news. Like, it's a 24-hour news cycle. It'll always change. But I think the thing with how do you actually change stuff with this franchise and with the gaming industry with this yeah, speak with your wallet. I mean, that's the best way to do it. If you don't like all these microtransactions, do not buy the next Call of Duty. It's as simple as that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I, yeah, I've been skipping out on, on Call of Duty lately. The last one that I bought was uh, Modern Warfare 1 2019. And you know, yeah. we talk, I've talked about that in this podcast before. Uh, I, I skipped out on Modern Warfare 2. I skipped out on... Uh, this Modern Warfare, oh, man, what else came out? I don't even remember. But yeah, I've been skipping out on it myself because I saw the writings on the wall and I was like, yep, I don't like where this is going. I want to also just say, like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, hey, you guys should just speak with your wallet and not buy Call of Duty anymore. If you buy Call of Duty and you enjoy Call of Duty, all power to you, for real. Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm not going to tell anybody how they should and should not spend their money. So it's just, to me, is when we're just talking about it and like thinking that they're like, how does this change for the franchise? It's the only way I think it could be changed because right now, 
if I am Activision, why the hell would I change? You're making so much money. Oh, yeah, people didn't care for Modern Warfare 3. Oh, well, we kind of, <laughs> we reportedly rushed it. So we'll just have, we'll add a few things to the next game. And people shut up about it. So uh, if you are at Division, why would you change? You're making all this money right now. Uh, but yeah. here's my last question, then we can move on. And I just want to end it on a more optimistic note than like, oh, yeah, the gaming industry is going down the toilet. <laughs> but what would you do to re- refresh the franchise again, if anything? And I know you're going to have a few things here. Oh, man, see, that's kind of tough because business-wise, uh, if the microtransaction is working, I do think we should keep doing it, but we should do it in a way that makes sense. Uh, who knows? I'll do something crazy. Let's have a Battlefield Call of Duty crossover. You know, I'm sure EA would love the uh, extra bit of help. It's like, hey, we're going to bring uh, some of your favorite Battlefield players into our shop and in exchange in Battlefield 2042 you know, you'll have price uh, or ghosts in, in that game. Like, I would do some kind of synergy crossover for that. That would actually get people like you and me who are like, yeah, I don't really care. Actually look at it. It's like, okay, that's kind of cool. You have my attention. I mean, I might, I'm still not buying the bundle, but uh, I do think it's actually pretty cool that you would do something like that. In past years, I would call, I wouldn't call you an idiot. But I'd be like, dude, that is really <laughs> far-fetched. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you look yeah, at what nowadays. happened to Battlefield in the past few years, and <laughs> yeah. it feels less idiotic to say. You know? It's like, yeah, it's a possibility. <laughs> it's not a good possibility, but I'd give it a 1% chance, which is way more than I ever thought I yeah. would. Right? Yo, you, no, you and me both. Like, that's something that if you heard in the past, you'd be like, dude, you sound stupid. Shut up. You don't know anything about video games. <laughs> it's uh, like, but yeah. in this day and age, yeah, yeah, I can see that happening now. And that's, damn, that's something that can actually happen. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, w- I, w- I would do something like that to try to catch interest. Um, I would actually have a complete multiplayer studio simply for Warzone and whatnot. Activists already doing that with Raven Studios and some of their other studios, like Toys for Bob. Uh, but that might actually change with Xbox under the range. Toys of Bob's might actually get a chance to do another spiral game or something. But hey, you know, that's far in the future. That's whatever. Uh, but I would also have a separate team, a, ca- a Call of Duty campaign team that just does campaign for people like you and me who do actually enjoy the campaign. And that, hey, 30, 40 bucks, here's the campaign. We're going to see the campaign by itself because we're just going to keep updating the multiplayer right we're just going to keep doing the microtransaction within the multiplayer we're going to keep doing warzone so i'm going to have a separate team just for campaign uh and that team from campaign will work with multiplayer so that way i can keep adding stuff from that campaign to my multiplayer so that way people who have multiplayer can still have a piece of that uh legacy with present and future call of duty games and I know that sounds confusing now, but from the way Call of Duty, the way Call of Duty is doing things right now with Call of Duty headquarters, it feels like that's the route that they should be going. So I would have my business work together. I mean, my students working together by creating them separate, but also having this synergy with them to where my campaign studios can keep pumping out uh, campaign games. Not three to four hours. We can go back. We can finally go back to 10 hour campaigns to where, OK, for the next two, three years, your whole deal, just campaign. And then for the single, then for the multiplayer, like, hey, you're going to work with uh, with a synergy team to figure out what multiplayer is doing for 
this year's Call of Duty so you guys can prepare everybody and add it into the multiplayer. I can use that for advertisement. Yeah, tease the next tease the next single player uh, campaign in the multiplayer. And that's just something that I would do in order to keep things going forward. So that way I get my single player cash, but I can keep year in, year out making money with microtransaction and still getting new maps, new weapons, new character skins, uh, because I'm still doing mainline Call of Duty. But day in, day out, year in, year out, I have my multiplayer making buku dollars and always getting new things. Yeah, for me, I think it's... A little, it's it's gonna be like yeah, no shit, Sherlock. It's a little simpler. <laughs> How about we just focus on the seventy dollar game a bit here, because that's where you're gonna be making, you know, you're gonna keep your player base happy is with the seventy dollar game, and then you at like Warzone is the cherry on top for the casual experience, plus the people who are hopefully happy with the $70 purchase they get. So it's stuff like you're saying, right? the campaign, it doesn't have to be a crazy length. No one's asking for like Spider-Man 2 20-something hours here, right? Or no one's asking either for like a Starfield hundreds of hours of gameplay from the campaign. Right. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Just, you know, about, I would say six to eight hours be fine for a campaign. Have that yeah. third mode, whether it be zombies or whether it be... If you can't do a third mode and put actual focus on it, don't do it. It's not worth it. Just focus on the campaign and the multiplayer. Having the tacked on third mode nobody that nobody really plays is kind of pointless in the end. Like Spec Ops. Dude, do you remember Spec Ops in Modern Warfare 2019 and Modern Warfare 2? I don't, really. I rarely played it. it was, yeah, it was kind of a throwaway. Do you remember Spec Ops in Modern Warfare 2009 or Modern Warfare 2? The OG? It, it, <laughs> it was the same sort thing. Of, yeah. I mean, it was kind of cool to get friends together because like, it was something new for Call of Duty. It was like, yeah. oh man, we got this, we got this, uh, we got these maps that we know and love and we just have like this wave mode in Call of Duty. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but the thing is, is there's so much focus on so many things. Scale down a little bit. Like, I know that sounds counterproductive because yeah. you're asking people to pay $70 and you're like, got to give them as much content as possible. I would rather yeah. have an amazing campaign and an amazing multiplayer mode than, okay, attacked on decent Spec Ops mode, a decent multiplayer and a campaign that had two hours shaved off because you had to focus on spec ops and multiplayer more. I would rather you be good mm -hmm. at two things than just okay at three. And that's the problem <laughs> with a lot of these Call of Duties is, and it's usually the Call of Duties that aren't Treyarch, because Treyarch has zombies, or had zombies, nailed down. For some reason, they're really dead set on this Outbreak DMZ style, and I despise it. <laughs> <laughs> but still, they had it nailed down with the round base zombies, make a map, great characters, let's go. But I don't think all, like, Sledgehammer Infinity Ward, I don't think they really have that. You know what I mean? I think uh, Ghosts, yeah. I forgot who made Ghosts. I think it was Infinity Ward, but they had this Extinction, which was the alien version. That was kind of cool. 
Which I actually kind of like that one. Yeah. yeah that was kind of cool. Maybe <laughs> go back why. to that if you want to try out, yeah. out something else. But yeah, it's weird. I never liked zombies, but I like Distraction for some reason. <laughs> or Extinction. I forget which one it was called, but yeah. Extinction. I actually like that one. Yeah. Extinction, yeah. But to me, I'm looking at Modern Warfare 3, and I looked at the gameplay, and I watched the campaign, and I went, this just is not worth $70. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of players also feel in that way for uh, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. <laughs> and man, oh man, Taylor. You want to go ahead and get into that? Like, that's later in the show, but I feel like you just naturally went into that story. Let's go ahead and do it. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, yes. So, the new Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League footage shows off more gameplay and story. As the title said, Rocksteady recently posted nearly new footage, nearly 20 minutes long, of Suicide Squad Killer Justice League, showing off its gameplay and story along with input from the developers. This is the first of several developer-focused videos on Suicide Squad Killer Justice League, and man oh man did this new look help, or did it hurt your perception of the game, Taylor? This did nothing. For me, I feel the same way. That <laughs> wow. I'm like, maybe I don't know. Like I have such a complex outlook on this game because I'm like, there's some things that don't look horrible. I love the look of Metropolis. Metropolis looks beautiful. Looks great. The story. <laughs> I was telling a buddy of mine. I was like, man, I'm sure people are gonna enjoy this story, and I'm happy for you. But this story just seems to, it's going to actively frustrate me the entire time. Because I do not like the, hey, what if we just turned all our heroes bad and made that the story? And then they had the whole thing of like, oh yeah, everybody in Metropolis is either taken over by Brainiac or they're aboard Brainiac's ship. So then I went, wow, all right, well. Superman in this universe, he failed as a superhero because his entire city just got taken over and all of his citizens just got killed. Great. Fantastic. I love this. And then Barry comes in at some point. He looks like he's not taken over yet. In the, you know what I'm talking about, where he faces off a yeah. Green Lantern in the yeah, video? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, so Barry's not taking over yet. This is probably the beginning of the game, and then he gets corrupted, because we know he gets corrupted because of all the other trailers. So then Barry looks like a chump. So I'm like, fuck, yeah. all right, one of my favorite superheroes <laughs> looks like a chump. He gets taken over at the beginning of the game. Then the Suicide Squad are going to have to kill the fucking Justice League. I'm like, I don't know. The story, to me, just, I I'm happy if other people are happy with it. For me, I'm just like, ah, I'd much rather have like a Superman game or a Flash game or literally anything else that's not the Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah, that's strange that you say that because it was rumored that uh, Rocksteady actually pitched WB a Superman game and were then led to, have, led to doing Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. This does not surprise me in the slightest. <laughs> Also, considering how good Metropolis looks. Yeah, it did seem like they wanted to make a Superman uh, thing. But, yeah, story-wise, um, like I just said, it, not for me. Gameplay-wise, I do love how they keep saying that all the uh, Suicide Squad members play differently. And then every time I see them <laughs> actually play, not move, traversal, they actually are very different. 
I will give them yeah. that. That's cool. But once you get into the actual shooting and the gameplay, I'm not seeing a whole lot of difference yet. Maybe with King Shark and the others, but Harley, Deadshot, and Boomerang? Not really. Like, in what regard do these four play yeah. very distinct from each other? Yeah, I, uh, I've, been, I've been thinking the same things. Like, yeah, this person used SMGs and shotguns and pistols. This one used SMGs and shotguns and a sniper rifle. This one uses a machine gun. Like, oh my gosh. Like, no, they're all using pretty much the same weapons. Uh, the only one that I saw that was kind of different was Harley Quinn using a bat for a melee. Uh, Captain Boomerang would use his boomerang during like special moves. Uh, Deadshot had his arm cannons and King Shark had this body slam. It's like, wow, that's, um, that's a big difference in gameplay right there. And so, yeah, I, I completely agree. Like it would, it would have made sense if they made Harley Quinn just pistols and her baseball bat or hammer. And she had to use her flexibility, her gymnastic skills to get around opponents and use the world around her to fight. It had been cool if it was just Captain Boomerang uh, using his wits to use his boomerang to like calculate uh, different enemies so that way his boomerangs bounce off of other enemies and come back to him or whatever. It had been cool if Deadshot was the sniper slash I could just fly into the like, air. He's the one that actually that uses stuff. guns. Yeah, like that See, would make sense. I think you hit the nail on the head with my problem with the gameplay. And I don't know if this is a Rocksteady thing. Like maybe Rocksteady thought, like, hey, we think, because I think they say it in the video, like, we wanted to make a, uh, what, what did they say? It was like they wanted to make a shooter in this field and they think they could do something different with it. Yeah. And some generally like that. I'm sorry if I misquoted it. But it feels like either Rocksteady just didn't do enough so far that we've seen to make these Suicide Squad members feel like they're part of DC, you know, part of a superhero (laughs) franchise. And instead they feel like they're just members of like a regular old third person shooter. And that's not how a DC game should feel. (laughs) I don't think. (laughs) From from some of the stuff that they were showing off, they definitely got the uh, personalities down, the way they talk to each yeah, other. that's the thing. The way they interact. Yeah, it's like, these are fun characters. I don't hate that. I hate the fact that as much as I love Harley Quinn, and I, I really do, I love Harley Quinn, by the way. I just want to give this shout. If you haven't seen the Harley Quinn show on Max, go watch it. Oh, it's, it's amazing. But I hate it's, the it's fact great. that most likely Harley Quinn, King Shark, Boomerang, and Deadshot are going to go and kill Superman, most likely. And yeah, that they're, they're, saddens They're not going to kill any of them. And probably not. But then at that point, you create the issue of why is it called Suicide Squad Kills Justice League? You've written yourself yeah, into a corner like, with a fucking title. I think it's just something that they had a funny idea. And, you know, it got to a point where someone was like, how exactly are these guys are going to kill the Justice League? Um, but I think it's more of... You know, people on Suicide Squad are supposed to die. And I can see if you introduce like a plethora of, of, uh, of different villains, like Batman's Rogue Gallery or Wonder Woman's uh, enemies or stuff like that, it's going to be part of Suicide Squad. Like, okay, hey, we have like 20 characters, about half of them are going to die within the game. Like, okay, that's kind of funny. There's only um, four. But yeah, but in this one, it's like you don't have these four. It's like, so it's a co op thing. So none of these characters are going to 
die within the story, right? Unless they're going to do some like surprise. There's actually other characters that you'll take over. See, you can't do that though because the game's so focused on live service and exactly building yeah. your characters. So now, exactly what you said, you've pigeonholed the story into the Suicide Squad members you're playing as cannot die. And you, I, I want to just use this example, right? James Gunn Suicide Squad, twenty twenty one. You didn't know like who would live and die. Like, of course, you knew Harley Quinn was going to die, at yeah, least yeah, to yeah. the end of the movie. Same thing with uh, Bloodsport. But everybody else, you kind of were like, I don't know. Like, how is Polka Dot Man still here? You know? <laughs> yeah. That's, it's when I'm, like, you're, I think you hit the nail on the head with it, right? And granted, I think they could have some things like Penguin possibly biting the dust. Because he's working yeah. with the Suicide Squad, and that could be something they do. And they could do that throughout the story, have people working with the Suicide Squad who are villains die. Yeah. But you're still lacking that, man, at any point in time, one of these guys could die. Yeah. And that could have been fixed if you just introduced more characters. But, of course, you couldn't because, hey, we have to have a focus. And, oh, yeah, by the way, you guys, you're doing a live service game. Oh, crap. Okay, well, then that means we have to add in more Suicide Squad members at later times. And who knows how that's going to work out? Because they're like, yeah, we have plans for more stories and characters uh, in the future as time goes on. It's like, would you actually care, though? Because like like you and I were talking about, if none of them are going to die, what's kind of the point of you reintroducing so many characters? And it's just, like you said, like, yeah, they pigeonhole themselves into something that, Honestly, uh, by the lore of, of at least what the Suicide Squad were about and what they're supposed to do, and like them dying, it doesn't work out that way. And it's like, that's actually kind of lame. Uh, but I want to play as uh, Captain Boomerang. His gameplay, I'm not going to lie, it looks pretty fun. Yeah, it's just every time I see one of the enemies pop up and they have that like pinkish purple... purple yeah like shoot me <laughs> sign essentially on a part of their body i'm like oh god this game it's the yeah. thing man i don't mean to be so bleak about it it just doesn't it doesn't feel like a dc game and that's the thing that i'm just it bums me out it's because we were all excited about the next rocksteady game uh rocksteady does such a great job with their writing and their characters yeah and it's sad to know that they're being stuck with a live service game to where they have to shoehorn oh yeah every weapon you get might be two percent better than the last one or this might be a purple gun and a green gun and it's like okay we're going to drip feed you new content and there's a battle pass and oh my goodness it's like yeah i'm i you're all the excitement for playing the game is going away because, like you and I were talking about earlier, uh, there's just too many games like this out there now that wants all your time. It's like, yeah, I'm not having fun with the game anymore. I'm doing chores. It's going to become another mobile game, and I don't like that. I think at the beginning of the year, we talked about live service games, right? And I think both of us had similar thoughts on, like, there's a place for live service games. There are very successful live service games that I think people generally enjoy for the most part. Mm -hmm. But yeah. you look at something like this, and I know, I'm sure Rocksteady is pouring everything they can into the game to make it as good as possible. I'm saying, from the concept stage, I feel like this was doomed to fail. From mm -hmm. the concept phase of 
a live service Suicide Squad game where you face off against the Justice League. Now, there's some interesting things there, like, hey, the boss battles. That's one of the few things that, although I'm not down for the story, I'm interested in that. I want to know how you would actually defeat the Justice League. But other than that, you go, all right, you're facing off with a mindless army. We, we, why are we so fast and we're moving so quickly? Like, it, it feels so different from Rocksteady games in the past. And then you look at what everybody, either through reports, rumors, or what just people speculated on. What if Rocksteady made a Flash game? What if they made a Superman game? Oh, what if they just did a Justice League game, right? And hell, there was, yeah. was, was it WB Montreal or Rocksteady? One of them, I think, was rumored to be making a follow-up to Arkham Knight with uh, Damien as Batman. I don't remember what that was specifically, but even that, like, and then what it turns out to be a Suicide Squad game. And generally, a lot of people went, you know what? I'm down. Let's see what this is like. Then you see what it's like, and you're like, eh. So, again, don't mean to be so bleak for basically two topics in a row, but it's just (laughs) what it is with live service, right? Some games are meant for it. Some are not. And Call of Duty, they're shoehorning in a lot of live service stuff. And I think with Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, it was a game from the concept stage to be a live service. And that just is not a great combination to me. But I'm sure yeah. a lot of people are probably going to buy the game and enjoy it. So, Ooh, you know what else people are going to be buying? GTA 6. Mm, but for right great. now... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but for right now, we just have bits and details about it with GTA 6 trailer coming in December. So what are we expecting? With Rockstar revealing that they'll be showing off their first trailer of GTA 6 in the early, early December, we thought we'd have a laid back topic to kick off our other stories of the week. Well, actually, to end our other stories of the week. That was supposed to kick it off. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I somehow managed to get ahead of myself. Oh, man, but Taylor, what are you expecting from the trailer? And long-term, what major improvements are you expecting to see from GTA 6 compared to GTA 5 and your one of your favorites, Red Dead Redemption 2? <laughs> also, just wanted to shamefully plug that this topic was somewhat inspired by a list article we have over at the Nurse Dash from, and I hope I get this name right, Masad Kazimi, uh, called 10 Gameplay Features GTA 6 Needs So It Feels Fresh. All right, what are you expecting? From the trailer, let's start with the trailer first. Let's not, we're not going to have a huge, long conversation about this, but let's take it trailer, then the game. Trailer, I'm honestly not expecting much. Would you agree with me there? Yeah. yeah show yeah, off the world, agree, yeah. show off a release window. Maybe, hey, we're going to show gameplay on this month or something like that, kind of keep the hype train going. But I'm not expecting like it to be a. 10 minute hey here's what we got for gta 6 now if that is what it is oh man i'm gonna be pumped because i i'm not expecting it in the slightest but i just get the feeling it's gonna be one of those like let's easy into the waters of what this game is hmm. okay so i you know I, I am actually kind of interested in what you think about uh what you've seen in trailer because man i know it was a big heartbreak for you the way rockstar treated red dead redemption 2 especially the online aspects 
And we've had GTA 5s online for... Oh my goodness, how long have we had uh, GTA 5 online multiplayer? 10 years? I don't know. I think 10 years. I want, yeah, I, I also want to say... Yeah, I also want to say 10 years. Late 2013. So we're in late 2023, so uh, generally yeah. uh, uh, 10 years? October 1st, 2013. Yep, so over we're 10 years. We're a little over, yeah, a little over 10 years in. Oh my goodness, and it's still going strong. Uh... <laughs> Uh, Taylor, are you are you are you, are you uh, do you think that GTA Six will have a ten year cycle on it? That is a tough, tough question, it, man. It is because uh, GTA Five lasted three different console generations. I'm not sure Rockstar expected it to be. Oh, I, no. I do not buy for a minute that Rockstar. Like if they came out tomorrow and they were like. Yeah, we knew GTA Five. It was a whole ten-year life cycle. We planned this out. I would call bullshit immediately. <laughs> like I don't believe that for one second. It's just one of those things to where let's do online. Online really works for them, and they're making so much money off it that they're just like, let's keep doing it until people stop <laughs> buying stuff. Yeah. And we're 10 years later, and I feel like Rockstar's like, well, shit, everybody keeps to ask about GTA 6. We eventually gotta do it. I'm sorry. I know we're still making money off GTA 5, but we gotta do it. Yeah. So, maybe they could do it again, but that's a tough... That's tough to put the, that amount of expectation on a game, It right? really is. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, like, Bunchy's done that before. Didn't they say that's what they wanted Destiny to be? Yeah, Destiny 2 was supposed to be like their... No, well, Destiny, Destiny 1 was supposed to be deal. a 10 Yeah. And I think Destiny 2 is actually doing it. <laughs> it's getting close there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think that was like a just big deal that they had with Activision. It's like, yeah, we want this to be like the long haul. Uh, but so very few games can do that. And Destiny managed to do it. Uh, Call of Duty, I guess they want to do that with Warzone and whatnot, but Grand Theft Auto Five doing it, nobody thought of that. Nobody thought GTA Online was going to be here five years later, let alone ten. Mm-hmm. I thought people, I thought people were going to play it, forget about it, and move on. But no, man, there's there's whole GTA uh, role playing communities out there using GTA's online uh, to make stuff. I'm just like, jeez. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Because talking about like our expectations for the game period, I Mm want to bring up two things from this list article that I completely am on board with. One thing being role-playing elements for online section. Uh Completely agree. They need to do it. RP has been a huge reason why GTA has remained as popular as it is. Yeah, and I know Rockstar has a. They acquired. Uh, I forgot the name of the developer, and one of the oh, developers right. behind uh, RP. One so of the RPs, yeah. I would assume that they're playing something there, but you can't be a hundred percent sure. It's like what you say in the disclaimer, right? But that'd be something I'd be completely in for. I'd love to see it. The other thing in this list article that I completely want to see. Sophisticated melee combat. Now, Red Dead Redemption <laughs> 2's melee combat, I don't want to say it's sophisticated because it's not, but boy, is right. it fun. It is so fun <laughs> just getting into bar fights in Red Dead Redemption yeah, yeah, yeah. 2. 
And I think if you could build on that and have a more... Like, can you imagine GTA 6? Because the big thing about GTA is the weapons, right? It's causing havoc with that. But also, you can introduce in GTA 6, like, no. You want to just throw down with your hands. Go. Go for it. Like, we're giving you the option. Yeah, Fight Club. Let's do it. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, and uh, by the way, that modding team is called CFX.RE. That rings a bell. They were a uh, modding team that did RP for not only Grand Theft Auto, but Red Dead as well. So they have a pretty good feeling for the Rockstar's uh, bread and butter. Yep. So yeah, they, they acquired that team. Uh, as for me, my expectations are in line with yours. Um, yeah, I'm for the for the trailer itself. I'm just expecting something small, like a quick look at uh, wherever they're going to set the place in, and maybe a quick look at our two stars because I do think they're going to do the uh, multiple characters again because they had they found great success with that with uh, Michael and Trevor and uh, and uh, and Franklin. And, you know, that made for some great gameplay, some great moments. So I think they're going to continue that trend That's a rumor of too. allowing players to pick and choose. Yeah. And I think they're going to keep that going uh, to pick and choose who you're going to play and when you're going to play them. Because those make for some great moments when you switch to Trevor and he's doing some crazy nonsense, like hanging someone off a bridge or waking up in his underwear in the middle of nowhere. You have no idea how he got there. Uh, so, yeah, I think they're going to keep that trend going. And yeah, for the trailer, I think they're just going to show off our two characters, if that's really how they're going to go, and just a quick look at the world that we're going to be in. I don't think we're going to see any meaningful gameplay, and I don't think we're going to see anything big about the uh, story. Not to get us too hyped about it, but could you imagine if we did get gameplay? Like, you know the way Rockstar does it to where they put out like a 10-minute video going over stuff in the game? Yeah. Could you imagine if they were like, okay, here's the trailer. Oh, but we got one other thing. And it's that. If they did that, then I would be expecting that game to drop around March or April. (laughs) It is not dropping around March or April. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. That ain't happening is what you're telling me. Yeah. Yeah, if they were, if they had that much confidence where they were going to show off big gameplay like that, then I'm expecting March or April release date if you have that much gall to where you can just drop that trailer that fast in December. Be a fucking baller move, though, wouldn't it? It'd be, it'll be balls. Everybody, including like, oh. us, have been going, I don't know, man, maybe Rockstar's lost it. Meanwhile, Rockstar is just sitting there at the studio like, they think we fucking lost it. Is that what some people think? Oh, okay. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll show them. We'll give them this trailer. Yeah, we're going to cook them. We're going to cook all yeah. of them. Then we're going to give them a 10-minute gameplay demo, too. And then tell you, summer 2024. Be like, no, don't do that. Yeah, you're going to have to wait six more months. I would be ecstatic if it was a summer 2024 release date. It is not going to... I'm just going to go ahead and say it. This ain't I happening mean, until hey. 2025. Like, this game is not releasing until 2025 so? at the earliest. If Ro- Look, if Rockstar has the ability, if they have the guts to put a trailer out in December, I'm, I'm calling 2024. If they really do show something in December, I'm calling summer 2024. I feel like we need something on this wager. 
what a hosting duties or something? I, I don't know. Or? We need something no, on this wager. You for a release window of 2024, me for 2025. You know, I, I think it's going to be Grand Theft Auto 6 2024 with Grand Theft Auto Online. <laughs> a, 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 a big update for online in 2025. That is a massive prediction. I, I seriously, audience members, <laughs> join our Discord. Let us know what the bet needs to be here because I don't think Michael should get away with speaking this ludicrousy <laughs> on air. Hey, I'm just saying, man, if they're going to announce December, that means they're close to release. If this is Rockstar we're talking about, they don't just say, hey, uh, here's a trailer for a game that's coming out in two years. They're not like the other studios. So uh, going by what they usually do, I'm saying 2024. If they're going to drop a trailer at the end of 2023, I'm calling 24. You are insane. You are an insane person. (laughs) You know, let's just, let's close up. Let's call it. This show is not getting any more crazy than that right there. This game is not coming out in 2024. (laughs) Okay. I refuse to believe it. Uh, What are you watching for December? What are you working on and where can people find you? (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I'm working on a couple of indie stuff. So you can actually find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash foxdaddy. That's F-0-X-D-A-D-D-Y. I've been playing Fortnite with some VTuber friends. You can also find me on X, a.k.a. Twitter at M underscore M-O-S-L-E-Y underscore J-R, where you can find more stuff that I'm working on, including more interviews. What about you, Taylor? What are you playing? Uh, where can we find you? I haven't been playing all too much. As for where you could find me, you can find me in the Discord, the link for which is in the description of this episode. Once again, please tell us what the bet needs to be here. <laughs> because, again, I cannot let Michael get away with this. Uh, as for what I'm working on, just mainly these podcasts here, Power Up and Game, Nerd Stop Movies, our movie slash TV retrospective podcast also edit and post episodes of the long box hunters a podcast from tristan benz and drew garrison where they go over various comics is a fantastic podcast highly highly recommend it and also be sure to check out the nerdstash.com for all sorts of news in the world of gaming movies television and so much more i want to thank michael for joining me i want to thank anyone for listening in Sadly, we will not be back next week because it is Thanksgiving week and I believe Michael and I will be very busy around that time. So we will be taking the week off, but we'll be back the following week with a brand new episode. See you then.